0: to the cook. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Cocoa Express Show Network. And guess what? I'm your host, Aurelia, and I got my voice back. We are back and we're doing it again and again and again. Today's show, we're going to have a really interesting situation and a really interesting person. Uh, I am amazed at all of the different ways that we can um, find success in our lives and how Corporate America is embracing so many different avenues to be a successful com- company. And today we have with us a Christopher, a Chris Walker. He's a creative prepreneur. And I said that wrong and I practiced it so hard and still said it wrong. Anyway, he is um, an innovative breed of business person who combines professional experience in art and business with an entrepreneurial spirit to create exciting worlds and materials that neither industry could create on its own. Now, that you know, that's really interesting because it's amazing how you can create a thing, a service that no one else can create and now that you've created it they realize how much they need it and that is so 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 key and so important to being a successful business person in today's landscape because it's different than than other times because i guess back in the day you know people worked for companies and they worked for them for 20 30 40 50 years and they weren't going to go anywhere but then that all changed and Everything is mishmash. You never know what you're going to get, but you know you're going to get something. And you always have to be on your toes and ready for the next opportunity when it comes because companies don't stay around forever. And to have someone like Mr. Walker on our show today is just so important and it's so amazing. And I know my niece would love, love, love to hear this. And I'm going to make sure she gets to hear it because she's attending Cal Arts. And she's graduating next semester um, with a degree in arts and animation is her thing. So let's get started with this interview because I want to learn more about Mr. Walker and I want you all to learn more about him as well. So please allow me the opportunity to introduce to you Mr. Chris Walker. Hello.
1: Hey. Hey, good morning. Yeah.
0: Good morning. It's good morning to you. It's still out. It's afternoon now. Where well,
1: are you? I'm in Chicago. Okay, so, okay,
0: so it's morning still, for you.
1: Yeah. It's still the uh the tail end of the morning. So
0: Okay, um, well good morning.
1: Good morning, how are you?
0: <laughs> I'm doing well and you?
1: I'm good. Getting the day started. It's a nice Saturday. So you know, that's, Yes. Uh, always a good thing. Get a little bit of your weekend going.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. I have to tell you, I'm really excited to have you on the show because uh, Thank you. Yes. You know how you never know you're you're witnessing something or or you're seeing someone's actual work until you know it and you're like, Oh crap. Wow, that's amazing. So
1: <laughs>
0: I was like, Wow, that's cool. So I'm like it's super excited because I think that what you what you've done and what you're doing by mixing the art with corporate America is amazing. It is simply it's exciting to me.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: You're welcome. Yeah,
1: it's uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so, it's uh, you know it's just trying to take. I have a friend, David Atchison, he's a screenplay writer in Hollywood, and he always jokes because he says that, you know, I take a little bit of something and combine it with something else, and he's like, that's what you're doing now, you're taking all of your experience as a creative person, as an artist, and you're combining it with corporate America to make something, so mm-hmm. i was like, okay, I can dig it. <laughs>
0: Yes, you've created your own little niche that nobody else can fill, and that's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had a business advisor um, years ago, and that was one of the things that we talked about a lot is finding that niche that you can fill that you know um, businesses or people want that you're uniquely suited to fulfill. So it's, uh, it's definitely been you know some time put into it, but I think we're in a good place now and we're ready to.
0: Things rolling, okay, so let's dial it back. Let's roll back in time, and who is Chris Walker, and when did Chris Walker begin this creative um, journey?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Chris Walker, um, born and raised in North Carolina from Greensboro, so there's always a little bit of a southern boy in me, um, and then, you know, I went to school for art. I was actually a, a football player in high school. I was a pretty good football player. I had some scholarship offers, but I wanted to do art and pursue art uh, as an adult. Um, it was really in the comic books. And so I went to art school, and then in art school really had that kind of expanded learning about fine art and painting and drawing. And I think it was in school that I really started to understand that I'm a storyteller. So not just uh, visual art, but really focused on story and telling stories and I was taking writing classes and understanding creative writing. So all those things were starting to germinate. And then I moved to California. Maybe like a year after school, I was working at uh, Banana Republic and delivering pizzas. And it just wasn't what I wanted to do, right? Um, Banana Republic was actually a fun job, uh, mainly because it was a slow store and I could just kind of go and hang out, you know, meet people and talk. You know, when you're right out of school, it's fun to still have, like, you
0: know, a little
1: bit of a community around you. You're still learning mm-hmm. how to take that footing. Um, and then, you know, I was like, I don't want to do these jobs anymore. There's nothing wrong with them, but it's not what I want to do and, it was not what I'm passionate about. So i become friends with the one of the writers or the guy who did the music for Dexter's Lab. Um, and this was, like, back in the day, uh, via the internet, uh, just looking up music and cartoon songs. And so I saw um come online and reached out and so we just became, you know, kinda of internet pen pals that talking about what I want to do with art and comics. And he just thought it was cool that I knew his work. He had also done the music for Bionic 6, Um mm-hmm. which is like an old cartoon me and my friends love. So he was like, you know, you should make it out to California, there's a lot of opportunity out here. And so I had a friend who uh or not a friend, I had a family member, a cousin who actually lived in, uh, who actually lived out that way. And so I stayed with him. I that was from the beginning. I read Heroes of, what is it, Her- uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces, of the Campbell uh, story of the myth, the hero story. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I was like, hey, man, you know, his big thing was the artists of the heroes of my day because it's up to the artist to kind of challenge the status quo and to, um, you know, go outside of society, learn new things and bring time. You know, when you're, like, 21, you're like, man, that sounds cool. <laughs> that sounds <like laughs> you know, everybody wants to be the hero in their own story. So I was like, I accept the challenge. And so I moved talent. That was pretty much where, where all these things started. hmm
0: Okay, yeah. great. And then after
1: now- after that, you know, that's kind of, I was trying to get in a cartoon network and I started working at three companies. So.
0: Okay. Wow. Now, being being a, um, an artist and an illustrator, what was it like working for Marvel and DC Comics?
1: Um, so that was really cool. It took me, um, you know, a couple of years to break in. I had a friend of mine who helped me break into the industry. Uh, his name is Karen Grant really talented uh, artist and creative person. He um, was doing a book called Fantastic Four uh, Marvelverse. So this is Mm -hmm. a time where Marvel was taking all of their um, characters and making them look like Japanese anime characters. And so I was like, that sounds like fun. And so Tara liked my work a lot and had a lot of good things to say about it. And he told the editor that he wanted me to color his book. And that's pretty much uh, how I broke in the comics. Oh, okay. But
0: before,
1: yeah. But before that, you know, I, I had gone to a lot of conventions. Mm-hmm. And this was before conventions, you know, became kind of the monstrosity they are today was like, mm-hmm. you know, 100,000 people, 200,000 people. But it was just a way that you would meet people from the industry, you know, both other creators as well as editors and people from the companies, And it's kind of like any trade show or convention. You know, you just go around, you meet people, you change cards, you show your portfolio, you get back on your work. And then, you know, you start making your own kind of uh, network, you know, so I started meeting other creators, other black creators. And so we would give each other advice, and, you know, on, on both sides. Right? It wasn't just like black our creators would give me advice. You know, just the whole comic book community can be very supportive. And mm-hmm. so I just kept working on my portfolio, and then I got to the moment where I got my my first place.
0: Okay, that is just so cool. And when you say like um, conventions, like Comic Con stuff like that, because that stuff is yep. huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and it's before it got that big. Like it's it's only gotten this big in the last like twenty years. Like, kind of joke with people back when I was doing it. <laughs> you weren't even called a nerd. With it or a geek it was it was so non existent people would be like, they still make comic books, like how'd you even find one? so I've been around it that long mm,
0: okay <laughs> yeah. well, I've been a comic book fan, but my brother forget it, forget it, he wouldn't read unless yeah. it was a comic book, yeah, uh, yeah
1: exactly. exactly and,
0: so. and the other you know the the other part of the progression of your um of your career, you started working with, you know, Sony Pictures, Adidas, Virgin Records, and some hip-hop, hip-hop staples. Now, what was that like for you? Because, you know, that's different industry transitions.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's – and all those are really different, right? Like um, being a comic book artist and working with Marvel, it's pretty structured. You know, once you're in, you get your assignment, you get your schedule, Let's do it a certain time. You're pretty independent when you're doing it, unless you're in New York and mm-hmm. maybe you were working out of the Marvel office. I was in North Carolina when I was working with them, but whenever you're doing graphic design or freelance art, you know, and you're working with the record labels, you know, it's just a whole different way of, you know, presenting your work, trying to find work, you know, it's a lot of, again, relationships and network networking, so you know, uh, becoming friends with people who are in the industry or maybe have, like, associates who are making music or kind of in the music-making scene. And mm-hmm. so it's just doing work to try and get notoriety so that people can see you. So, and mm-hmm. then uh, with some of the Sony and the Adidas and that sort of stuff, you know, I would say a lot of it's just relationships, you know, just knowing people, getting your stuff out there, talking to people, and then, you know... Uh, presenting yourself and your work well so that people want to work with you.
0: Wow, okay. Then you moved into the moving image part of it. And what was that like from having just stills to actually having your characters become, move, you know, mobile, moving and, and such? That transition, was it difficult for you or was it so easy for you?
1: Uh, I would say it was a little of both. Understanding the the lens and the picture. So if we're talking live action versus animation,
0: you Mm -hmm. know,
1: live action, you know, you're dealing with people, you're dealing with actors, you know, people on set, cinematographers. So it's a lot of people management. So when you're a director, a large part of your job is directing people and making sure that people are motivated and have the same goal and everybody's on the same page. So it's really a management skill with creative, Mm -hmm. um, So that that was kind of the difficult part, um, learning some of that. And then learning the camera. You know, I'm not really a photographer at heart. Like, I like photography, and I have friends that do it, and I'm taking classes. But, you know, my friends that are photographers, they get really obsessed with the camera and fidelity and different things. And for me, you know, uh, I would say I'm more of like an actor's director. So I'm very much concerned about the performance and my actors. Mm -hmm. So. It's a lot of partnership that I have with uh, directors of photography, so I trust them. And so that's the easy part that you described because I do come from a highly visual background. Even though I'm not Mm -hmm. a photographer, I can have very good conversations with, you know, uh, the team on set to say here's what I'm thinking or here's the frame, here's the motion. And then we just work together as partners to figure out how that scene works. And then animation is a different process. Um, mm-hmm. It's very storyboard-driven. Uh, you're working with key animators, like keyframe animators. Uh, you're doing animatics. So different process, but once you learn kind of the basics of the process, it's really about what's the story you're trying to tell, what's the position that you have to mind. I think the hardest thing to learn with screenplay writing, which seems really easy, but to really write a good screenplay is hard.
0: I can imagine that. I, I tried my hand at it. And guess what? I didn't. <laughs> I tried my And I put the pin down. I'm like, this is not for me. Yes. Yeah. Now, so from there, you were an independent, well, independent um, employee, I'll say, a freelancer in most of your career yes. up to that point. Then you decided to yep. go into um, advertising and become a creative director, which was different and how was that for you? Excuse the fire trucks. Um, and how was that for you, going from being an independent or a freelancer to a creative director in the advertising industry?
1: Yeah, so that has its challenges too. So I was doing a lot of, a lot of writing and pitching and uh, storytelling for live action, so web series concepts for movies and TV shows. You know, I just got to the point where. You know, I was excited about it, but the types of film that I'm interested in making as a director are really kind Mm -hmm. of lower budget indie films. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's at a point where I was like, hey, why don't I try something else, you know, see if I can find another career path that enables me to make my films. Because the thing Mm -hmm. with being a filmmaker is it costs money, you know, like Mm -hmm. just plain and simple, it costs money to make a film. It's not like other things where you can kind of just sit and do it yourself. Film mm-hmm. as an endeavor just requires more effort as an art form or requires more money and effort as an art form. So I had some friends in advertising, and I was like, hey, I'll be super interested in, you know, finding a job in advertising. And actually I got the job because I was in the web series world in New York, and I was in that scene. And so mm-hmm. just with people that I knew, you know, who were professionals themselves and they were making films and videos, And so I reached out to Marissa Bianchi, a friend of mine, who worked at Edelman, and she was like, hey, you know, it just so happens we need someone and you'd be working with me. And I'm like, okay, that sounds awesome. And I went through the process and, you know, interviewed and did well and was pulled into the industry. And the great thing about being in advertising now and as opposed to previously, it's a little more storytelling, it's a little more story-driven, And that's Mm -hmm. not, you know, everywhere in all brands or all messaging coming from all brands at all times. But Mm -hmm. with Edelman in particular, they're interested in that storytelling component of brands, you know, coming from a PR background, which is storytelling, relationship building, that sort of thing. So my skill set was uniquely fitted between, you know, being a visual artist, you know, being a filmmaker, being able to direct a lot of, the way that you think about a brand and the way that works is pretty much like being a storyteller. Like, who are we talking to? What are their motivations? What are they excited about? What do they want to do? And then how do we make something that fulfills, you know, that need? And it's very similar to what you go through when you're a storyteller, where you say, okay, who's my character? What do they want? What are the conflicts? What are the things that we can put in their way, you know, so that they have to resolve it? So just that kind of way that your brain thinks that kind of muscle memory uh, was mm-hmm. able to be applied to advertising. And then from there, you know, just because I had directed and, you know, worked on so many of my own projects over the years, the creative director part kind of, you know, fit. Um, but I've been working towards that for a while. You know, when I first, uh, you know, kind of got into the industry, I wasn't a creative director the moment that I worked in, walked in. But, you know, just through projects and, you know, having a vision for what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go, you know, I've been able to get creative director positions in the last couple of years work on projects. And it's the same thing, again. It's, it's helming the project, having that vision. For me, being a creative director, is about being collaborative. You know, mm-hmm. different, different creative directors have different styles, but my attitude is I don't, I don't have to know the answer. The answer is somewhere with my team, and the team will work together to find that best answer and that best solution
0: wow this is this is great now, you're moving now into being your own corporation so um and you're launching a new digital comic company now, what is yep. it called, and what is that like for you?
1: Yeah, so we had published some things before me and my buddies so I've been working towards this uh really for a while, watching uh the new projects uh, and so I, you know I've always been fascinated by people and places and stories and potential so uh, we're launching with Urbanime which is our new imprint and it's really focused towards hip hop skate uh, just that whole kind of city culture and mm-hmm. so Urbanime is uh, just kind of a collection of all the things that I've been passionate about over the years hip hop music urban culture, and so the way that we're creating it is that uh, Urbanime is an imprint under the company that I'm watching, Sav Media, and with Sav I'm really interested in all these different types of storytelling and things that may fall outside of your usual superhero experience,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: Urbanime is, is really kind of geared towards, you know, what happens if you take someone who is from an urban or hip-hop, you know, background, culture, personality, all those sorts of things, and you put them in a fantastical narrative, you know, whether it be magic, mm. science, you know, sci-fi, or take the worlds that they're in and turn that into a fantastical setting, you know. So you take the the ordinary or the mundane and you make it extraordinary. So that's what, you know, the focus of Urbanime is and for people who are interested in that experience. But then with Shad, the thing that I'm really excited about is that we can do other imprints, so... If you have other kind of, you know, stories that you have in H four, just kind of, you know, genres but with a different fill, we'll be releasing new imprints. And one of the imprints that we recently launched, uh, actually the first comic came out this week, we have this imprint called Wonderkin Comics, and it's actually working with your favorite gaming influencers. So we're working with a gaming influencer named Blackie Chan. Uh, He's actually Mm -hmm. my cousin. We grew up together. And, you know, as I was out doing all these things, I would talk to him and see what he was up to. And then one time I called, and he's like, yeah, I'm making Minecraft videos, and I have, like, 14,000 followers on Twitter. And I was like, what?
0: And he's (laughs) like, yeah,
1: dude, like, I'm I'm kind of blowing up. And so uh, with all the different stuff that I was working on with Fab and Urbanimate, I was like, wouldn't it be really cool to be able to work with my cousin and just other creative people who are coming from that gaming space and have an imprint where they get to take their characters and the stories that they create and bring those to life as well. And so that's wonder can Common. So you'll see, you know, over the next year, two years, we'll be putting out these different imprints where Mm -hmm. if you're in the mood for that type of story, you know, that you can go to that imprint and there'll be those types of stories there. So I think it's, it's a little bit different from how people, you know, how comic book publishers have done things in the past, but I think it's mm-hmm. really unique and has a lot of a lot of ability to succeed.
0: I was really interested in asking you questions about Relic, your first comic. Yeah. Um, yeah. how did you come up with well, give us the storyline and how did you come up with the storyline cuz I'm like this is awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Relic is going to be the first comic book coming out from Urbana Bay and it's the story of these two brothers, these uh, African-American brothers. One is 16, or, you know, kind of that age. One's like twenty, twenty-three, 23, that age. And basically magic enters their lives, and it tears them apart because there's this oncoming age of magic, and they kind of get torn to be on their different sides and one has an amulet, or they have a family amulet, and the amulet turns one good and one evil because the amulet takes whatever's happening on the inside. You know, if you're positive, if you're angry, if you're happy, it just takes that and it magnifies like you're you're a true person. And so the oldest brother uh, gets the amulet uh, whenever it powers up first, and it basically turns from evil because he's been kind of bitter for years with things that have been happening because they lost their family, you know, growing up having to take care of his brother. He gave away his basketball college college scholarship so that he could be around. And so um, he's just had this kind of resentment and bitterness and didn't realize it. But his younger brother, that's Bobby, his younger brother, brother, Troy, for Troy, he's always been hopeful and imaginative you know, really wanting to keep their family unit together. So he's been very positive about the two of them. And so whenever he gets the amulet, it magnifies all those things inside of him. And so you've basically got, you know, by the end of the first story, two brothers who love each other very dearly who are now torn apart and going on different paths because Bobby, this is the first time he's ever had power, and it's the first time he's ever felt like he had the ability to have control you know, over his life and over his destiny. So now he left after this power. And then you got Troy, who really doesn't want the power at all, and essentially, you know, has to use the power to help save his brother to keep their family together. And that's just the beginning of the story.
0: Oh, it sounds really good. It sounds really good. You got me hooked. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And, you know, that could be any family, you know, any family dynamic. Right. That could happen. in right. And, you know, especially when you mention older brother, younger brother, you know, there's always some sacrifice that the sibling has to make with the other sibling. So this is this is awesome.
1: Yeah, that was the goal of it. Like, And so where it came from is there's a writer named Alan Warner. Uh, he worked at Wildstorm, which is a division of DC Comics, mm-hmm. and uh, did a lot of stuff with Batman, a lot of stuff with Wildstorm characters. So we've been friends for years. And so... um, I've been wanting to launch our anime for a while. So we had developed this story and this idea a few years back. And so recently I was like, okay, you know, the market's changing, culture's there. You know, Marvel and DC have, you know, done an excellent job just making fans out of the mainstream public. And people who maybe weren't as excited about comics now are very excited. So I was like, you know, here's a good time to to re-pursue that and see if we can put some comics back out. And so I took that story, and I worked with uh, my co-writer, Nick, uh, who's also helping me with our anime, and we just took that basic story and kind of reimagined it. So it was a very simple story, and we, you know, came up with, like, Bobby and Troy, uh, because initially it was just two brothers, and we really started looking at that family dynamic. And Nick grew up with siblings, and so he brought a lot of his sibling uh, relationships to the story. And then with my screenplay background, I was thinking, You know, how does this story turn? What are the arts? What are the big kind of pieces of the puzzle that we have to solve? And, you know, I think it took us about six months, but we really just sat down and and worked hard to write a good story.
0: Yeah, it sounds amazing. And what I'm seeing is that um, we're going into, like, a transition where the – In the past, we had, like, little boxes where we just had everything placed in. Everything was in a category. Now the lines are being uh, meshed together, and everything is kind of meshing together, and we're using different mediums to create new kinds of art.
1: Oh, yes, definitely. And you can see it with social media, too, right? Like, um, I'll go online and do Instagram for of anime, and it's just really cool seeing like all the artists and creativity that's out there now. And it's not, like you said, it, it's meshing all these different things together. It's not just one type of art anymore. You can see somebody who's influenced by maybe Japanese anime, but then they have an illustration background, and they're designing this typography mixed in. So, you know, we're we're in a really cool era for art and storytelling right now. Yes, and
0: it's it's just you know it's hard. Well, for example, like when, you know, I would watch a commercial and I would see the individual become um a, a character and then it pops back into being an individual. When I was younger, I never expected to see anything like that. And so thank you, thank you. I think <laughs> I think the kind of art you do, it challenges the mind, it excites the mind and it makes the mind work a little bit more when we're viewing it as opposed to just the regular mundane stuff that we used to see. And I think that's great as a viewer and, you know, the fact that we're being given this wonderful opportunity because, you know, they said the TV was going to, you know, rot your brain. (laughs) Just to have the challenge for me, the visual challenge.
1: Oh, yeah. You should watch uh, video games sometimes. Um, and it's actually become more and more popular, hence esports. But, you know, the, the graphics on video games are so beautiful and the thought behind making them and then the thought behind playing them, the strategy, mm-hmm. you know, to win, you know, now just watching video games themselves has become its own thing.
0: Well, I will try to do that. I, I, it's hard for me to sit still for a long time, <laughs> but I will. Okay. And <laughs>
1: it's interesting to watch people play games. You know, it's like watching an interactive um movie or TV show.
0: Mhm. And you know those oh, yeah. that um the new, you know, those interactive phones, you put the thing on and and you put the the um the, the I call Oh, it a headpiece. yeah. Yeah, I've never done oh, that yeah, before.
1: Oh, yeah. Virtual reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you are you in New York?
0: No, I'm in Delaware, yeah, okay. but I'm, I'm in Delaware. I'm in the Philly, Delaware area, but my family's all in New York, so I'm there all the time.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, next time you're in New York, go to Soho, and Samsung has a flagship store in Soho, and you can do all the virtual reality stuff that they have in store and just hang out and play around with all that stuff.
0: Uh, oh, that's something I'll do the next time. I'll snatch my daughter up, and we'll go and just yeah, hang out. Yeah,
1: it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you actually can't purchase anything from the store, I believe. I could be wrong on that. But basically, um, yeah, it's there for you to test it out and play. So it's no pressure other than to just have fun.
0: Oh, that sounds like a good thing for me to do. I am going to try it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to try that. Definitely. Now, with all that you've done, and, you know, like you said, you've seen a lot of, you know, up-and-coming artists, out there, what kind of advice would you give to them? Because it's it's not that difficult, but it's really difficult to get into the industry in the manner that you did.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say just, you know, uh, number one thing, practice your craft. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many people you know. You know, if you're not good at your craft, you know, it doesn't go a long way. You have a great introduction, you even get a job, but if you're not good at your craft, the job will go away that's first. I would say stay open to opportunity. Um, Opportunity doesn't always look like how you think it would from the outside. So just kind of keep yourself open uh, to experiences and learning and kind of uh, going from there. And then I would say three, just, you know, uh, be persistent and keep hope. And it's the same things that people, you know, tell people all the time, but it's true. I think you just have to learn how it works for you, right? Like staying persistent might mean that you, you know, work on it a month, you take a break, you work on another month, you know, um, uh, learning or opportunities for you might be, you know, maybe you take a job, you know, working during the day so that you can stay up and work all night, like, it, it's, it's flexible, but whatever it is, it has to stay consistent, and that consistency mm-hmm. will, over time, get you where you want to go. And that doesn't mean that there are not big breaks and things that can happen where it transforms things overnight, but most careers aren't built that way. Most careers are built being consistent. And then whenever you get those opportunities and those doors open, it can leapfrog you. So be open, again, to those, but just know that it's being consistent. I don't like saying hard work because if you're doing what you love, it should be fun work and the time should go by. You know, and mm-hmm. you're you're playing hard instead of you know, as opposed to working hard.
0: Okay. Now where can people go to to see your work or, or follow you?
1: Yeah, uh if you go to Chris to do dot com mm-hmm. it's just C H uh, R I S Likes to do dot com, uh, mm-hmm. you have a lot of stuff there. It talks about our anime, it talks about the creative preneur. so one of the things that uh, I'm being called and I call myself is the creative preneur and that's mixing that kind of creative thinking and that entrepreneurial energy to see what opportunities are out there whether it's in the creative field or working with businesses you know working in advertising also information and just ideation you know where it's mm-hmm. thinking about business problems in a different way and using that creativity to do so so that's there um, there's also links to just a lot of the different stuff that I'm up to. Uh, Chris Walker art is up there. So you can click from there and see some of my paintings and my drawings, but just a way to kind of aggregate all the things that I'm up to.
0: Great. I have to tell you, this was a very interesting eye-opening interview because there are a lot of things that I really don't know. And in the animation world is something that I'm unfamiliar with, but you kind of brought it to home for me because corporate America I know something about. So now I see the meshing of the different things that I've seen in corporate America that was animated related and how it all works together. And I thank you for that.
1: No problem. Yeah, and thank you for having me. That's part of the reason I stepped into corporate was to have that, understanding of doing things and operations and bringing that to our endeavors so that they run better and, you know, they Mm -hmm. create more value both for the people I'm working with and really for fans, you know, just want to create great work and get things out there for audiences. So they're like, oh man, we love that story. Those characters really mean a lot to us. Even some of the things you were saying about Relic, as we started talking about it and working on it, now people are like, hey, it's the family part of this that's really attractive to people. So, you know, Uh, We're excited, and we've actually been pushing that home. I think it'll really hit home with a lot of, you know, people in general, especially African Americans, you know, how we grew up, Mm -hmm. things that we've kind of gone through and we can relate to.
0: Yes. So now that I know you, I am going to follow you. So you have another fan.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. And we'll be putting stuff up. Like I said, go to the site, and you can – it'll send you all the different stuff that I'm up to, so it's – you don't have to pick just one, or if there's one thing that I do that you really like, you can just you know stay focused on that channel with me.
0: Okay, great, great, and you are more than welcome to come back any to share any updates. I would love to have you.
1: Oh, definitely. Thank you. So, and shout out You're to Rachelle. She's my uh, most from the Chit Chat Company. So, thank you, Rachelle, yes. for uh, putting this together for us. So.
0: Yes. Thank you, Rachelle. I appreciate. She knows I appreciate her, so I tell her enough. <laughs> But yeah, thank you again. She is. She is an amazing, yeah. amazing person and so talented herself.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
0: So, so you enjoy the the rest of your weekend. And I have to say, you know, I have this big thing, this big field that I do at the end. But basically, I tell people to, you know, follow their dreams and, and stay with what their journey and destiny is because it's going to be different from everybody. And Well, it's going to be different for everybody. And you have been a shining example, once again, of what it's like to just stay true to who you are and what you do and look at all the opportunities that have come out of you just remaining focused and true to your your creative artistry. And I thank you for allowing us to see another example of that.
1: Thank you. And thank you for letting me on and just talk about you know, what I've been up to. You know, I've, I've learned from show that, you know, I have to go out and start sharing these things. Because when you're doing this, like, oh, this is what I do. This is what I'm up to. And she's like, no, Chris, there there are people who would love to hear what you're up to and it can help them with things that they want to do. So thank you for having me and letting me share that story with people.
0: Okay. You're welcome. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend as well.
1: You too. Have a great okay. weekend.
0: Okay. Thanks. Bye. So to all my listeners, that was Chris Walker. And I have to tell you that I learned a great deal about um, the the world of illustration and and animation, which, you know, we see things and we kind of like look at things and not really know who's behind it or who's actually working on it. And there are so many opportunities out here for us to be able to be successful at the different things that we don't we take for granted. I mean, sketching and drawing, it can bring forth a career like Chris Walker's, and you really have to just believe in yourself, do what it is that you love doing, and just be happy, take care of yourself, and things will fall into place, as he stated, you just have to keep working on your craft, whatever that is that you do, just constantly work on it, don't stop, don't give up, be the best you that you could possibly be, and be the best at what you do, and you will see the the work, your labor will be rewarded down the down the road, and don't give up. And I'm going to stop now because it is the end of our show, and I have to tell each and every one of you that I really enjoy, you know, bringing these things to you because it gives me hope and it really excites me to, you know, always get the opportunity to bring something new to you, and I'm super excited about all the new things that I find I'm like a kid in a candy store when it comes to some of the shows that I do, well, most of the shows that I do. And I thank you. I thank you for being loyal listeners. So have a great weekend, and we will be back at you again. Be well. God bless.